What do I have inside my boundary that I need to open the gate and let out? Setting boundaries inevitably involves taking responsibility for your choices. You are the one who makes them. You are the one who must live with their consequences. And you are the one who may be keeping yourself from making the choices you could be happy with. Hello, and welcome back to the Choose Life Podcast. I am your host, Clay Steves. If you are new with us, the purpose of Choose Life is to engage in a conversation about what it means to be courageously authentic, radically human, and purpose-driven. Each week, we spend 25 to 30 minutes discussing different ideas to pursue a more meaningful and intentional life. This week, we are talking about boundaries, and I am excited because this helps me understand some of my childhood even better. Growing up, my dad had this globe. Oh, I loved it. It was incredible. The first thing I loved to do was just spin it as fast as I could before it would fall over, and then I would usually get in trouble at that point. But I love the globe because it just taught me about possibilities around the world, and then it also began to teach me about entities and governments and nations and countries. And I used to study that thing for hours and dream and learn about other parts of the world. Well, about 1991, I began to be disturbed that my dad's globe was wrong. Well, it wasn't wrong, of course. That actually was just when the USSR broke up as a country. And all of a sudden, the boundaries that were listed on my dad's globe that I used to spin and stare at and pay attention to and learn from were now different. So I would go to school or I'd see something, a different map, or we'd watch the news. And what I would see up there would be talking about countries or boundaries or areas that I didn't have on my globe. And it began to just, honestly, it used to make my head hurt and I didn't understand it and it was confusing. But the truth of the matter was, the world's boundaries were just shifting. They were being redefined. And that's a beautiful picture for what so often needs to happen in our own life, where we need to choose to redefine some of our boundaries. Now, before I go any further into this, I just want to right off the bat, Make a, make a reference to Dr. Henry Cloud. He is the, the master, the source, in my opinion, for incredible content and on the subject matter of boundaries. So everything you take from this podcast, please refer, go to the source, go learn also from Dr. Henry Cloud. And I'm actually going to start, I'm going to start with a quote from him to kick us off. So this is Dr. Henry Cloud. Boundaries define us. They define what is me and what is not me. A boundary shows me where I end and someone else begins, leading me to a sense of ownership. Knowing that I am my own and take responsibility for gives me freedom. Taking responsibility for my life opens up many different options. Boundaries help us keep the good in and the bad out. Setting boundaries inevitably involves taking responsibility for your choices. You are the one who makes them. You are the one who must live with their consequences. And you are the one who may be keeping yourself from making the choices you could be happy with. We must own our own thoughts and clarify distorted thinking. I'm going to read a couple of those sentences again real quick. The ones specifically about choices as we are here at Choose Life. Setting boundaries 
inevitably involves taking responsibility for your choices. You are the one who makes them. You are the one who must live with their consequences. And you are the one who may be keeping yourself from making the choices you could be happy with. So what is the purpose of a boundary? What is the purpose of a boundary? A boundary is there to define what is mine and what is yours. It is to define clearly what is in my space and what is in your space. Imagine this like a fence, a fence with a gate. So notice I didn't say a wall. Notice I didn't say it's some huge obstruction that nobody can see past or there's no way in and out. But this is a clear line, a fence between what is mine and what is yours. And this boundary serves a couple of purposes. One is to keep the good in and the bad out. So listen to that again. This is to keep the good in and the bad out. My wife, Kirsten, and I both attended Baylor University. This was our school. And what, you know, oftentimes on holidays or summers, you have a house that you're renting and you'll leave for a long time. You'll go home to wherever you're from and then return to university if you live in a different location. Well, there was this story, and this is, I'll never forget when this happened. This was terrifying and kind of freaked everybody out on campus. So we left for Christmas vacation. So a majority of the, the students at Baylor would leave town and go to their hometowns. When we returned, there was a group of girls in Kirsten's sorority. And when they returned home, they came back to their house. The first girl there opens the door, is joyful to be back, to see her friends, walks inside, and there is a man in her bed sleeping at their rental house. It was terrifying. She freaks out, runs, calls the cops, very understandably is calling all the other girls who are trying to return home, gets out of there as fast as she can. The police show up, end up arresting the man because he had broken in. And the whole point is this, a boundary, that house was there to keep someone else out, to define what's mine, right? They were, those girls were violated. And we've all felt this in our own different way. And you can imagine the feeling they had. They were scared. They were frustrated. They were violated. And we've all had this experience when our own personal boundaries have been crossed. So this fence, right? The first goal, this first boundary, its purpose is to keep the good in and the bad out, right? To keep strangers out of our house. Another purpose of a boundary is the inverse. It's to get the bad out and keep, get the good in. So this isn't about keeping things where they are. This is now about the flow. And this is why the fence analogy has a gate. Right? We don't have a wall that's solid all around us because sometimes there's bad stuff on the inside that we need to get out. And a boundary allows us to get that bad out. And it also allows us to get good in. At Habakkuk, we love, I love. And so th thus organizationally, we've now cascaded it through. We use assessments. We believe in them. Of course, all assessments have some good and they all have flaws. And so you have to take everything a grain of salt and in context, but we utilize them. And one of the ones we've used is called uh, the EQI and it measures emotional intelligence. We believe this is a, a unique skill set that you can work on individually. And so we've put an emphasis on this in years past. Well, the first time I ever did the EQI debrief uh, and then took the assessment, one of the, the subscales, one of the elements that makes up your emotional intelligence is called self-regard. This is about, very plainly, what it says, how you regard or view yourself. Well, at that time, I actually was ended up being debriefed by 
uh, a spouse of one of my team members. So she had knowledge of a lot of the early years at Habakkuk and some of my early leadership experiences. And so she had a little bit of insight and then she also obviously got my assessment and my self-regard score was incredibly low. So low that when I took it to one of my mentors, separate from the debrief who utilizes this tool often, he told me that when he sees that low of a score with his own team members, he recommends that they go to counseling. So we'll just put it in that context that my personal self-regard score on the CQI assessment was that low. As I'm going through the debrief with my team member spouse, she's doing a fantastic job walking me through the process, asking questions to get me to think and learn. And we kind of get to that self-regard subscale and I'm unpacking some of it. And she kind of pauses for a minute and then she looks at me and she goes, Clay, tell me about all the team members from the past in Habakkuk. First thing that starts coming out of my mouth, I start listing all of the team members that had either not worked out, had moved on, had been let go, that there'd been drama and issues with, and then I stopped. I didn't list any of the success stories. I didn't list any of the current personnel we had that were thriving and growing and winning. All I did was focus on the negative, what we're gonna call moments of opportunities of growth that had happened in the past, times that it had not worked out. And she began to help me realize that I was focusing and keeping lots of the bad in and I needed to open the gate of my boundary and release that and then begin to recognize a lot of the good that was happening within our organization underneath my leadership because I began to personally own and hold all these things internally within my boundary. And so the purpose of a boundary is to serve as a fence, is to define what we should own, what is ours, It's to keep the good in and the bad out, but it's also to help us get the bad out and keep the good in. So how do boundaries work? How do boundaries actually work? Boundaries work inside out. They work inside out. So they're from internal and then become external. Inside boundaries, the challenge with them is this. Inside boundaries, they're invisible. Inside boundaries are invisible. An example of this that I think beautifully paints an invisible boundary picture is the sterile field. If you've ever worked in surgery or if you're in the orthopedic community, you know what I'm talking about when I say that. If you never have been in surgery or experienced watching it, what you need to know is when we talk about the sterile field, it's invisible. So we sterilize all of our instruments, we have all these sterile drapes, but it's all over regular tables. And so there's no literal wall between some of the people who are in the operating room and then those who are within the sterile field within the operating room. There's no physical structure between those types of individuals, those who are inside the boundary and those who are outside of the boundary. It's invisible. And what's unique about an invisible boundary is that it takes integrity to be aware and communicate when it's being violated. Because there's not a physical fence to bump into, so to speak. Because what's unique about a sterile field and an invisible boundary is, while there is a table covered in a blue cloth, and you can physically see that blue drape, the invisible boundary actually extends straight up into the air into the invisible space. If you go above a table that is in the sterile field, it's technically now 
violated. It's no longer sterile. It's an invisible boundary that sometimes gets violated. And it takes integrity to say, you know what? I was above that. You know what? I crossed that threshold. You know what? I crossed that boundary. This is the unique challenge of inside, internal boundaries is they are invisible. This is similar to our identity. Our identity is invisible within us. Now it comes out, it manifests externally, but it is internal to us. And we have to begin to become aware of this and pay attention to it because it takes integrity to begin to communicate when it is being violated. So internal boundaries are invisible. External boundaries, on the other hand, are visible. Now, external boundaries are just an external application of our internal invisible boundaries. So they're just a, a manifestation of it externally. An example would be you own a piece of property, right? I own a piece of property. If I'm going to put a fence up around that property to stay with our boundary analogy, that is a external physical manifestation of something else, an internal invisible. And like, you can't see that I own that property, the piece of paper, the deed that says that I own it. You don't see that that's invisible to you. But then I put up a fence that shows a physical external manifestation of the boundary that I have. We have another example that I love at our office. One of our team members named Ashley, she literally will close her door, put a sign up that says, I'm in focus working time, do not come disturb me. She literally sets up a physical boundary that says, don't cross this threshold unless an emergency. I've heard some other ones from different offices. One was a red light. This was an office that had an open setting. They had lots of team members in the same room. And so team members so that they could focus, set a boundary, would literally put a light on their desk that would shine red and bright so that others would know and see an external physical boundary. I've also heard the headphones one if you work in an office space, and I'm sure you have some at your work, but external boundaries are visible and they're just a manifestation of our internal boundaries being taken to a physical state. So remember, boundaries work inside out. So the purpose of boundaries is to keep the good in and the bad out. And the purpose of boundaries is to get the bad out and to get the good in. Boundaries work inside out. So inside boundaries, they are invisible. And then external boundaries are visible and they're an external application of our internal invisible boundaries. So what's the, what's the benefit? What's the point in having our boundaries clarified? What's the need for this? The first point that I wanna say about why we should clarify our boundaries, our internal and our external ones, is that boundaries give you freedom. Boundaries give you freedom. There was a study years ago by the American Society of Landscape Architects. And no joke, I went and found it and read this. And I, I'd heard about this, but I'd never, I'd never actually read it. So in my research, I went, somebody dug this up and I, I dug deeper into it. And I was like, this is awesome. And what they did is they were, they were actually trying to study the construction of playgrounds and how they could intentionally build or lay out or create structures that would facilitate children's healthy development. In other words, how can we create a playground to best give children the freedom and the optimal setting they need to thrive and grow and develop as a child? And what was fascinating is this. One of the structures they created that they let children play in had a fence around it. It had a boundary. One of the other structures did not have a fence around it. And what they found was this. They concluded that children felt more free to explore. They concluded that children felt more free to be creative when there was a clear fence around them. 
They observed that children on the playground without the boundary, without the fence, actually stayed closer to their mothers. They stayed closer to the teachers and they actually wouldn't roam and explore and play and be free and develop as they could. While the children at the other design, at the playground with a fence, with a boundary around it, ran free and were all over the place and were exploring and were jovial and free. It was a remarkable study that showed when we have clear boundaries, we actually have more freedom. It doesn't constrict us, it actually gives us more freedom. Additionally, another example of how boundaries give you freedom is they actually can reduce decision-making. Because decision fatigue is real. And in the life we live, in the modern world with all the inputs and the asks and marketing and everything that's always asking of us, the fewer decisions we can make, the better. And we talked about this on a previous podcast. I encourage you to check it out. Having clear boundaries gives you freedom by reducing your decision making. We have scheduling boundaries for me and my office and we encourage all of our team members to have this because someone else's poor scheduling doesn't constitute my emergency. I have structure to how my day is created, to how we organize things, to the cadences of our life because we've commanded our cadence like we talked about on a previous podcast. These elements actually reduce our decision making because the decision is already made. The boundary stops the request at the fence. It only allows legitimate emergencies to come through the gate. Everything else stays outside and we review it at another moment. So having a clear boundary, it actually reduces our decision making. So the first benefit of having clarified boundaries is it gives you freedom. It gives you freedom. Another benefit of having very clear boundaries is that it promotes self-care. Having clear boundaries promotes self-care. I am a recovering codependent. That self-regard story that I told earlier with the EQI and that whole story was actually one of the first steps in me beginning to uncover some of my, my deep roots, some of my personal wounds from childhood. And over the next couple of years, as I began to go through a transformative process, with a, um, literally in counseling and with some remarkable leaders in my life and very patient team members at Habakkuk, an incredibly patient wife, as I went on this journey, I began to discover that I actually was codependent on a lot of people around me. And that was making a lot of the choices I was making very challenging in life. And in that journey and in that season where it actually kind of came to a head and I fully discovered this about myself and then began the process of breaking that, of breaking that in my life, of choosing to not live that way, was when I began to reach out to my birth father a little bit of my story, I, I am adopted. Uh, I have had the honor and privilege of being reunified with my birth mother, my biological mother, and her entire family. And as I went through that process, it was very healthy. It was remarkable. It was challenging. It was tense. It's unique. It was a lot of things. It's a great paradox. Truly, it is a paradox. But it was life-giving. It was rich, and I loved it. And so you can imagine the excitement I felt when I decided and kind of felt a prompt like, you need to reach out to your birth father. You, you've been able to reunify with your birth mother. They, they do not know each other anymore. They actually hadn't seen each other since I was placed for adoption, or actually before that. They actually hadn't seen each other since they found out about the pregnancy. And it was with excitement that I was like, yes, I'm gonna get to write this story again. I'm gonna reach out to my birth father. I'm gonna get to find out who he is. I'm gonna get to reunify. I'm gonna continue to graft my family. And so I did, I wrote a letter put it in the mail, 
I can remember Kirsten actually taking a picture of me as I was typing the letter, sitting in front of the fireplace on a cold winter night. I was anticipatory, and then it was just silence. No response. I kind of tried to move on. I tried to kind of think to myself, well, maybe, maybe I sent it to the wrong address. It's not like I know this person, and they live halfway around the world. Maybe I got the wrong address. And uh, come to find out a few months later that no, through a, like a third-party intermediary, I actually found out that no, 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 he, he had received the letter. He had just chosen not to respond, and he was not going to. And it was, um, <laughs> I'm not an angry person. I'm not an angry person. And over the next few months, as I began to process that out, I remember leaving counseling. I can remember two vivid ones leaving counseling. And man, I had an incredible friend who was a counselor. She was so patient and she did a, she did a work going deep to the roots in my heart. And I was angry. I mean, I was punching the console in my car, bawling, crying, just angry that he wouldn't choose me. I had kept a lie inside of my boundary for all those years that I had to be chosen by people because the lie I had taken from the very beginning was I wasn't worth fighting for. I wasn't worth fighting for. I'd kept that lie inside of my boundary. Having clear boundaries promotes self-care. <laughs> it allows you to know what you need to get out. And that's what I needed to do right there. I needed to open that gate and get that lie, that bad out and replace it with truth and keep that within my invisible boundary. And that was truly a pivot point for me. That day that I got that out of my boundary, I got that bad, that lie, and I began to replace it with truth, was a transforming moment. And here's what I know too. I can tell you that story with conviction. I can tell you that story with integrity. And I also know they're likely as bad that I've got inside my boundary now that I'm just unaware of because I haven't gone through the process of having it uncovered yet. Having clear boundaries promotes self-care. There's a second story that I actually want to share here that also talks about this. And it's, it's actually a story from the Bible. If you're a person of faith, I'm confident you have heard this before. If you're not, just stay with me because I think there's an incredible lesson in this story. And it's actually a story where it's in three of the four Gospels. It's in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And it's where Jesus is asked uh, by a lawyer or by some other uh, leaders within the Jewish community. He is asked a question. And I'm just going to read it verbatim. I'm going to read from Matthew. But I want to make a point out of this story afterwards. It's Matthew 22, 35 to 40. And one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, what is the greatest commandment in the law? And he said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. It's unique. Jesus says there the greatest two commandments, right? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your mind. And then the second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. And what's unique about love your neighbor as yourself is that the bar for loving your neighbor is the bar for how you love yourself. Think about that for a second. The bar for how you love your neighbor is how you love yourself. And in our world right now, like, let's be real. Let, let's be radically human and courageously authentic with each other. The venom that we have towards other human beings in our society right now, the words we will use towards each other right now, the conflict and the divisiveness that we let just disrupt us every single day. Just because someone views something differently than me or someone comes at it from a different perspective, maybe the reason we've lost our ability to love our neighbor, who may be different than us, 
is because we've lost the ability to love ourselves because we've lost our boundaries. We've got too much bad on the inside and we need to open the gate and get it out and let the good in. And then we need to shut the gate and keep the bad negativity out and keep the good that's there in. We've lost our boundaries. We don't have clarity. We don't have the freedom and self-care that our boundaries give us. Maybe our world could look different today if we could just choose to build healthy boundaries. A couple of questions to think through as you marinate on this content, as you walk into the week ahead, maybe with your coworkers or your close friends or your spouse, maybe even your kids. If you've got kids who are growing up, these are great conversation points to have. What do I have inside my boundary that I need to open the gate and let out? What do I have inside my boundary that I need to open the gate and let out? Second question that you can think through, what boundary do I need to define that will give me freedom? What boundary do I need to define that will give me freedom? As you ask yourself those questions this week, could you also please share this episode with someone that you believe this message could encourage? Someone that you believe this message could equip to build a boundary. Also, subscribe for free on iTunes or Spotify so that you don't ever miss one of our weekly episodes. Please rate and review this episode wherever you listen, for that helps us reach more people to choose life and build boundaries. And as you do this, as you build these boundaries, as you define a boundary to help you build freedom in your life, also know that this life that you get here on earth will run out. And the life that lasts from here through eternity is the life that is given through the grace and the gospel of Jesus Christ. Thank you for joining us this week. Go out, be courageously authentic, build those boundaries, and choose life. Look forward to seeing you next week.